0: The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 222. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Ross McDougall. Hey Ross, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? Excellent, excellent. Cool. Hey, thanks for coming uh, coming back in again. It's been, uh, it's been a few weeks since we had you on the show, but it it's always,
1: always good fun. Always a pleasure to be here, Paul.
0: Right. Well, shall we? Uh, shall we kick kick right in? Uh, a few interesting things happening in the tech world over the last few days. Um, first up, two degrees. What, they, what have they been doing? They've made a little bit of a sort of a change in their world, and they are going to cease being two degrees mobile. Oh, and become Two Degrees' full communications provider with their uh, their acquisition of um, Snap, a uh, internet provider based out of uh, Christchurch. That is big news. So to start with, let's just jump in. I had a chat with the uh, the c- CEOs of um, of Two Degrees and of uh, Snap. At their, uh, at their announcements, let's jump into that and uh, then we'll, we'll discuss it in some detail afterwards. Pretty short interview actually, um, but let's kick off with that. Cool right now with uh, Two Degrees CEO Stuart Sheriff and Snap CEO Mark Petrie. Um, congratulations on the, uh, the merger there, Mark. Um, I guess you're no longer uh, the, uh, the CEO at Snap. Well, no, I am still the CEO at Snap at the moment and um, I'll be continuing to head up the, uh, the Fixed Services Division of Two Degrees uh, going forward. So when, do, when does this actually uh, yeah, take
2: action as far as people seeing Snap as part of, uh, as part of Two Degrees? degrees? Uh, From an external perspective, the branding process will probably take three or four months. Uh, The guys have been doing some work on that from a preliminary standpoint. Uh, But we will take care. I mean, communication is always key to success, and and we'll take care in that communication message and make sure everyone understands exactly what this means for them. But it's all good news. And when will it be that long before consumers start seeing any benefits uh, of this deal? Uh, It's hard for me to pinpoint an exact time, as there's competitive uh, elements associated with that as well. But uh, in the foreseeable future or the very near future, you'll see two-degree products out there that uh, our customer base can take, uh, take advantage of ok and
0: uh, I guess in terms of looking at what sort of uh, expansion of a customer base from a fixed perspective um, that you would, you would anticipate any thoughts on that? Uh, we, we definitely, as said, we're looking to scale our business. So um, SNAP has put a lot of work and effort into building our infrastructure across the country, especially to support the uptake of UFB. But we've also been very early um, uh, users of VDSL and also um, ADSL services around the country. We always score very highly in the independent reports there. So we're really looking to, to scale that up and um, extend our reach in those areas. If all of SNAP's customers were to, uh, or all of 2Degrees' uh, customers were to move to SNAP uh, for fixed services, what sort of an increase in customer base would that be and how, uh, how capable would you be of, uh, of dealing with that sort of expansion? Oh, we would absolutely be capable of dealing with that. Um, I mean, it would take some time to transition over uh, that many customers. There's, there's no doubt there. Um, but as I said, we're really designed for scale. So um, Snap is able to scale up its network, and already has scaled up its network to uh, to really
2: increase our customer base. And that really was one of the attractions of this transaction. Then that uh, you know, I'm an engineer by profession. My technical folks were in. I think Mark and the guys have done a fantastic job of actually building a network that is scalable and it is gold plated. It's served. And mission critical uh, uh, customers at the moment, Canterbury District Health Board and those sorts of folks, so they, they really have paid a lot of attention to it. If there's any criticism of Snap over the years, and it's not really a criticism, but there was probably under invested in the marketing side of things, I think bringing the two degrees brand to that allows us to, to get the marketing side of things working to utilise the network that uh, Martin and the guys have done a great job of building. And from a content perspective, with you know every, all the the uh, your competitors are uh, you know have
0: have have players in terms of Netflix and Lightbox and so on, um, is it going to be too long before we see something from your direction?
2: Yeah, as I said, I mean the reason Two Degrees has been successful is we always we never bite off more than we can chew. So I think the order of the day really is to get this business under our belt, make sure that we're firing all cylinders there, because that will be the uh, the the platform to to launch content on. I've got guys working on on content uh, propositions. At at the moment, myself included, and uh, then uh, the not too distant future, you'll see some content out there. That's great. All the best. Thank, Thank, you. You.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So, Ross, that's pretty fascinating. Uh, this this acquisition has been long rumored. I think we've been hearing, you know, varying uh, noises for uh, for a couple of years or so. And there's been a, a you know a relationship between uh, Two Degrees and, and Snap for at least that long. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a few sort of uh, back of the envelope type numbers um, from from what I can can tell, uh, Snap are, are likely in the sort of forty to fifty thousand customers themselves today. Yeah. Uh, two Degrees Mobile have over a million customers. Wow. So, in terms of the potential growth for Snap, I'm sure this is probably a, a little bit of a concern uh, for the for the other internet providers. In terms of, you know, it, it puts them at a little bit uh, a little bit more risk, shall we say? Uh, yeah. Slingshot, probably. Imp- In particular, because they sort of stand alone as being an internet provider now
1: without a mobile network. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a very, very good point. I mean, competition is always good in the market, and I'm really curious to see the bundles that will be created. Uh, You know, 2Degrees have always had some some good offerings in that uh, that space. So, yeah, exciting times. Uh, Like you said, there's a a great potential for growth, and uh, it sounds like they've already, you know, they, they, they understand the scalability and they've worked hard to uh, um, future-proof that scalability for, you know, this is a perfect situation for, for that to arise. So, you know, Two Degrees have got a good network, uh, 900 strong team, 50 retail stores, excellent opportunities there, you know, and like you said, it solidifies them as a, you know, a full-fledged uh, communications platform. It's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, this is uh, you know, overall is good for for our market here in New Zealand, and you know both Snap and, and Two Degrees, um, you know, have have been known for generally providing pretty good service. You know, when you when you look at uh, the varying sort of stats and things that that come back, uh, you know, all local New Zealand staff providing their customer service. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, over time I you know I don't know whether that is sustainable as these things uh, scale I would like to think well uh that that they will be but we'll we'll see over time but you know, certainly I think a, a a smart move from from two degrees perspective and you know for uh for New Zealanders it's it's always valuable having uh, having competition as long as it's sort of fair and balanced, and I, you know, I think yeah. in most regards, I think it'll uh, be there should be good things that come out of
1: this. Yeah, yeah, we'll be a fair wee while off, I think, in terms of you know, mergers of this size and stature, and you know, processes to learn, understand, and and uh, you know, uh, things to sort out. But I, I'm looking forward to keeping my ear on the ground and seeing what's coming up. The snap um, current. Uh, offerings in terms of the uh, the the bundles that they have uh, uh, look pretty great so I'll be interested to see how they convert in terms of uh, two degrees uh, branding and uh, what's retained yeah I mean I think
0: both brands at the moment are known for you know, undercutting other other players in the market in terms of uh, you know their, their prices in a, in a lot of situations.
1: Yeah, and and to, you know two reasons have been strong in the marketing sense, so that'll be a great injection into Snap's um, you know services to, to to harness that network that's been created.
0: Yeah, I am. I'm a little bit uh, sort of yeah you know, curious you know, how this plays out sort of longer term, whether they can you know provide a strong level of of customer service uh, and. And keep prices low. Does, you know, does that really, really work? Uh, or you know, we're going to see some changes over, over time. But um, yeah,
1: that's no, it's interesting. Yeah. It, in yeah, it's a and customers will pay for a better customer service. There's some Forrester research. but 85% of customers will pay more for a better customer experience. So uh, it's definitely uh, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they go in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and you know, of course, we look at other mergers that have that have taken place, and uh, you know, Vodafone acquiring uh, you know, Telstra, Clear uh, being one of the, the the most well-known ones in the uh, telecommunications sector, and yeah, you know, that one that's been has really been you know fraught with issues, and uh, yeah, I think it's been pretty well. Covered across a lot of media, uh, the challenges that Vodafone are having around customer services, and yeah. you know, in order for them to meet their targets, well, you know, it's, it's my presumption, uh, you know, they've they've dropped a bunch of staff, and you know, their customer service. Uh, quality seems to be, you know, very much on a downward, yeah. uh, downward uh, tracking trend. There's, yeah. some, you know, some real challenges for them as I don't an organisation.
1: Think we're, we're not going to see too much change for a wee while until the, you know, both the companies understand their processes and procedures and and uh, and. Uh, the, the, the architecture in terms of delivering a, a unified customer experience so again I, I'd say it'd be business as usual for from a, a consumers perspective uh, but I think maybe you know end of the year we'll just see some really exciting stuff come through all right well let's uh, let's keep, let's keep a watch on that uh, now in terms of other
0: things uh, going on uh, another a local story um, we're seeing our libraries in New Zealand sort of start to um, Review their, their um, I guess their mandate in terms of uh, getting out and, and you know being a, being a resource for the community and what that actually looks like. Uh, we've got libraries in uh, Wellington and the wider upper regions uh, from April uh, kicking off in conjunction with a few o- other partners, uh, in, including Gather, um, free HTML and, and CSS uh, training courses uh, at the libraries for those in the uh, 12 to 18 year um,
1: age group. That's great. I'm really excited about that. That's, that's, a, that's a, a, I mean. From my experience, my background growing up, you know, we uh, as musicians grew up in the realm of uh, MySpace, and uh, that we, we as a, as a brand, MySpace and the platform provided us with a great opportunity to learn HTML and sheets and CSS, so we can make our pages look better. And then that spilled into the likes of WordPress and and uh, and Tumblr. There's all of these avenues that you if you have if you've just had that rudimentary knowledge you can really expand your uh your knowledge sharing or even just your presence so uh you know and it's not like it's not like kids aren't wanting to learn this stuff it's exciting stuff a lot of kids are already um especially from the gaming communities you know uh and the likes of uh you know minecraft modding kids want to do this stuff it's exciting it's it's uh It's. uh, I think this is a great opportunity. I we really wish that they had that when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, if if we look back, sort of twenty years, if you played around with computers, uh, you know that that sort of time ago. uh, Yeah, one of the things you, you almost had to do was to be learning a language to get to get your head around and. Yeah, to be able to do things on you on your computer. Obviously, you know times keep transitioning, and you were talking about you know with with your band, and yeah, you know, I think yeah that was probably one of the things that led you into the into the tech world, it wasn't did, it? And definitely. into the, into the world of social media where yeah. you now work uh, is because as a musician, you're looking for well, how do I promote myself? my space, yeah, and then to do that properly, you had to get in and actually you know develop things uh, and by ourselves
1: mm. as well. Mm. We we didn't have any uh, local infrastructure. Wasn't a whole even, lot of resources. There to was no resources. No, no, uh, definitely yeah, not. It was yeah. a trial by fire, learn as you went, and uh, yeah. good luck to you. So, if there's a local um, community that's supporting and, and uh, developing this this uh, this knowledge, then that's great because, like I said, it's a it's a it's such a great skill to have, you know and. Um, uh, I hope that this really injects a lot of uh, um, uh, different uh, knowledge and, with career guidance and what have you in high school I remember when I was a kid you know it, was, uh, it wasn't you know, I grew up in a small town so there wasn't too many options in terms of career guidance it was well basically what trade do you want to go into and that was about it so yeah, you know yeah. someone like me that was more musical and more artistic I just had you know no guidance so this in terms of the framework and the potential it's, it's very very exciting Mm, mm, mm. yeah well, for those
0: that are interested uh dot go to the gather um, workshop there and that covers off the you know the varying events that are happening in the in the public libraries as well as in uh, in varying other uh, locations such as the tighter computer clubhouse and and so on. So uh, that's that's a place to hook into. Um, of course, there's OMG Tech and uh, and what they're doing as well. There are varying things going on uh, around around the country. So you know, if you've got that if you've got that interest, uh, if you're a, you're a youngster looking to looking to learn, then there are more and more of these opportunities becoming available. Uh, if you're a little bit older and looking to you know, help someone younger sort of get plugged in and uh, uh, get educated on uh, on tech matters. Um, you know, well worth having a little bit of a look at uh, at what's out there, and you know, including what you can find um, you know on on uh, the Gather website and at OMG dot for uh, uh, for what they're up to. So there, there's there's some really good stuff uh, go going on around the country. That's right now let's let's keep it to New Zealand for a little bit further. Uh, Netflix today's the big day. Yes,
1: it's finally launched. There's going to be couches with embedded butt prints for months and months to come. I think It's absolutely true. There are going to be so many people that today's the day they've discovered
0: Netflix, yep. and you know, I know we've been talking about Netflix on the NZ Tech podcast for well for years now. Uh, but you know, from from today, anyone can get Netflix. Sign up in New Zealand dollars. Uh, yeah, not quite as big a content catalogue as as those that jump through the the hoops to get a access to sort of international the international variants of Netflix. But uh, you know, I think most of the benefits of Netflix sort of. Yeah, they switch on today, and we've you know we've got a range of other uh, streaming services available here in terms of Lightbox and and Quickflix and, Quick and uh, Neon T vehicles from Sky. But I, I was looking at some figures um, yesterday when I, I was preparing for um, um, a segment with with TVNZ on uh, on breakfast this morning, and I was just just trying to you know get a little bit of background, and what I found was. If we look back uh, to mid last year, uh, there were figures uh, that this came from uh, this came from an accounting application that has people's individual sort of banking transactions and credit card transactions, and they were able to draw down and they found Netflix was the second uh, most popular uh, TV service in Australia as of mid last year. And of course, Netflix actually only launched in Australia today, <laughs> as it did here in New Zealand. So, uh, Foxtel, which I guess the Australian sort of equivalent of Sky TV here, uh, that was number one. And then Netflix, and then you had other things like QuickFlix that were. That were in the mix. So um, yeah, Netflix already has a, has a pretty huge uh, you know, presence in the, in the local markets because people have been using uh, proxies, they've been uh, using services from the likes of, of Slingshot that
1: provide that capability to access the international service. And just to give you an indication as, as to where it's heading, uh, as of last year, Netflix accounted for thirty four point nine percent of all downstream traffic during peak periods on North American broadband networks.
0: Amazing, isn't it? I think fifty million customers was the was the last figure uh,
1: I heard uh, mentioned. Yeah, that's twice the bandwidth usage of YouTube. <laughs> It's impressive, so, isn't it? Yeah, so it's great. We've got it in the New Zealand market. They've they've really, you know, uh, the, the strength of, of Netflix as a product, was, that you know, they are able to launch on multiple platforms. You know, you've got your Xbox, your PlayStation, your Android, you know, iPhone, the fact that they're able to launch. Well, cohesively. admittedly, they didn't
0: actually have to do anything to be on those no, platforms because no, no, the apps not. have been available on those platforms internationally. And yeah. so, you know, they're able to sort of cheat their way onto all those platforms uh, because... There was no. work. They launched the the, the, the apps in the states, yeah, exactly. and it was just a matter of uh, you know turning them on for the for the local app stores. But that is one of the huge advantages that Netflix has over all the other players their is clouds. their app is everywhere. Yeah. You know, you you won't find a device that can uh, you know stream one of the other uh, video on demand or yeah. subscription video on demand services that that doesn't do Netflix as far as far as I can recall anyway across all the main platforms it's just yeah. Netflix is, is, is there so um, anyone at home that's got a say a smart TV and they've had sort of some of the other apps uh, you should now be able to get the Netflix app on that uh, Xbox you know a lot of us have had some, maybe a US subscription or whatever on their Xboxes or they've gone through some tweaks to get the X, the uh, Netflix app on their smart TV and so on but from today that comes very, very easy, you know most smart TVs mm. uh, PlayStation three PlayStation four Xbox one Xbox 360 uh, even blu ray players from the likes of Samsung and so on yeah. and these things are likely to line up with an option uh, in the app store for you to be able to uh, yeah, set up and, and, and start using the Netflix app now, um, other things I guess that stand out for me on Netflix um, you know one is just they 've got access to this sort of growing Uh, global catalogue of content. Now, a lot of their content isn't sort of signed for global, you know, for every every country and, uh, you know, case in point is House of Cards which actually uh, Lightbox have signed even though it's actually a Netflix production it's a Netflix original bit of content I guess that'll come That'll come in time but uh, for me it's the 4K element that stands out that's really one of the very few ways that you can get 4K content in New Zealand yeah, yeah. Uh, is through Netflix and I think you know the, there's a great benefit of Netflix coming into the market. That's sort of, a, 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 I guess, a side benefit because I, I think if we, we look at the other services, all of them are really good in their own, you know, particular ways, content catalog apps, and so on. Yeah. Um. And, and but but Netflix coming in just puts the heat on. Yeah. And right. it's going to raise the standard of of all of them in terms of what we you know what we what we expect, right? And, and
1: consumers have been sold 4K for. About a year and a half now from from you know providers uh, of you know likes of Samsung and LG. But like you said, we've it's been feeling a bit like a car before the horse. We haven't really had anything that would really warrant 4K. But this you know the uh, the addition of having a 4K you know streaming service, there we go. It's it's, it's developing that need, and I'm most, um, I'm hoping to see good things in terms of you know the consumers being aware of. 4K and, and, uh, and having the demand or, um, or creating the demand for that. So, yeah, it'll be very exciting times next uh, 12 to 18 months in terms of uh, what, what we're going to see with 4K offerings. Mm. Yeah, so I think overall it, it's pleasing. I
0: think, you know, and I've said this, I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast, but, you know, for those that, that want there to be continued innovation and continued competition, um, yeah, you know, don't be shy about signing up for more than one service. If you know if you're interested in in getting streaming content, it's not very expensive. Netflix starts in New Zealand, uh, ten dollars for the basic yeah, uh, you know, single definition. stream standard definition, thirteen dollars for HD and ability to run two streams at once. So yeah, you know, somebody on a tablet, somebody you know watching on a on, through a TV, uh, or sixteen dollars for that four K. Uh, capability and four concurrent uh, streams, so it's not that expensive. Uh, we've seen, of course, seen Lightbox drop their price uh, this week to uh, to thirteen dollars. Yep. Uh, so you know, I, I would say, yeah, consider signing up for a couple of services. Most of them have all got free trials anyway, so try yeah, the, definitely try them, them, them out. Um and still I, some issues saying, around though. where you can get the apps, yeah. obviously on on some and and yeah, that really does does help Netflix. But uh, I, w- I would. I think it would be a real pity if, in two years' time, we, you know, we get to a point where Netflix is the only subscription uh, video streaming service here in New Zealand if the others have sort of shut their doors. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I hope people will sort of, you know, support what's local. Of course, Netflix aren't even charging uh, GST, so when their price is the same as uh, the the price that we're uh, that we're seeing for the for the competition, uh, you know, particularly Lightbox um because they they're, yeah, they're matching on that sort of that middle price they point are, for, for Netflix are uh, actually the you know um lightbox are, are um you know taking a, a, a right. you know a, a bigger hit there because yep. uh, you know the the GST component sort of go, you know goes goes back to the government there so um yeah and and it, it would be a pity, I think, you know, great having all the things that Netflix brings to the market, but, you know, ultimately all the money flows straight back out of New Zealand. There's nothing that's, does, that stays yeah. here. It so. does, yeah. Like,
1: and, and like you said, there's, there's there's certainly no reason why you wouldn't uh, use multiple services. I mean, I there's, there's, there's things on Lightbox that I've really enjoyed. uh my wife and i are seinfeld nuts so the fact that they've got old seasons on there that's that was a primary cause for us to sign up with like They've got a great content they catalog do, they i must really i do. must say uh and
0: you know, in terms of bang for buck, buck, you know, I think it's pretty good. It's frustrating that they're not available on as many platforms. Uh, you know, I think you know that's something that uh, that, that holds them back. But yeah, you know, that's something that they will they will knock off reason, yeah. reasonably quickly. And yeah, definitely. You know, they've had a, a few rough edges on the you know on their service, but yeah, uh, you know, th- those things are all being addressed pretty quickly. Yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, so interesting things happening there. Now, something that that's somewhat related is. And, and I guess this is sort of Freeview taking advantage of a little bit of the, the, the noise around uh, Netflix, is they've uh, they've confirmed that Freeview Plus is coming uh, I believe a sort of mid-year type time frame so, so what
1: what is, what is Freeview Plus So
0: we've got Freeview today which is uh, you know I guess how how um, yeah relates to receiving the broadcast TV signals right. from you know TVNZ and TV3 and Multi TV and yeah you know, varying varying other ones sure. um and it's a digital format, which means that what's transmitted can be more than just the picture. So you get okay. information uh, such as the, um, the the electronic program guide. So you can right. flick through and see what programs are coming up. Uh, you know, you can have a little bit of a look before changing channels at at, at, at what's on. Get, okay. get that sort of preview. And so we're we're talking. So Freeview is really a digital distribution mechanism for for yeah TV content primarily. Okay. Yeah, there's a bit of radio and so on as well. What Freeview Plus does is it takes that a little bit further in terms of um, some of the underlying standards and methods that are that are uh, utilised, and it really will rely on having a TV with an internet connection. Okay. And so then the distribution mechanism doesn 't actually have to be the the aerial or the satellite dish right. uh, it 's actually content that that 's being pulled in through your internet connection so yeah. one of the things that freeview plus is uh, we 're told is going to give us. Is access to um, you know, replaying content that, that you've missed or that sort of on demand oh, right. uh, type content. So you know think of TVNZ on demand. Yeah, yeah, uh MediaWorks have got you know three now. Yeah. Uh, there's multi television on demand. Um, so that sort of content. You will actually be able to get through just through straight through t, a TV that supports Freeview Plus yep. and has a reasonable sort of speed internet connection. And that, it is that it's Freeview, so into. as long
1: as you have that that infrastructure, you can use it.
0: Yes, and uh, I don't know sort of the realities around uh, whether this will work both uh, terrestrial and satellite. I can't see why it wouldn't work in you know both situations. So yeah. terrestrial being if you are be plugged into a a, a normal TV area rather yeah, than yeah. a satellite dish. Uh, but i would you know imagine that they're uh, they're going to make that work in, uh, in in both regards
1: and do they have any time frame in terms of the rollout
0: well we're hearing sort of mid-year at the moment they've been okay. talking about it for a while some some um, the details i read from uh, uh stop press i think it was last year where they were talking about having this launched in 2014. Yeah, that that hasn't happened. Uh, but the, Australia already has Freeview Plus available. Oh, great! Um, you know, and often the similar branding is used in, in different countries. So, yeah. if you were to look up what they've got in Australia, you probably find it's fairly similar to what's coming to New Zealand. Sure, um, I don't imagine there's going to be a, a whole lot of difference. Uh, in fact, there's lots of other countries that have that have got it. It's, you know, New Zealand's probably, uh, you know, uh, catching uh, up. Uh, yeah, we're a li- we're a little bit behind in, in in those regards. So that's that's okay. But hey, it sounds like uh, we've got a pretty solid
1: year of digital offerings. There's yeah, yeah I so think good, good
0: good good things happening here in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, now I want to talk about uh, Magic Leap. VR, Yes. Now, this is something, we, you know, we've heard all sorts of bits and bits and pieces, you know, the rumors and and, and so on. Uh, magically, the company that uh, Google acquired for... A lot of money. A lot of money, right? I mean, we're, of, what were we talking five, about? Half, half, a, billion half a billion or something? a something um, like that. In that sort of direction. Um, Which was fascinating. Some time ago, right? We're some talking, time ago. We're talking a... a uh, well a couple of years back
1: yeah something. yeah and there hasn't been much information uh you go to their page uh, the website it's very generic a lot of a uh, lot of nice pr spin but no real content in terms of what they are there's a lot of mission statements and visionary uh visionary content they did a a tedx talk which was uh completely baffling i Implore everyone to go watch it because it's a it's 14 minutes, and if you can get a grasp as to what they do by the end of it, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it has a green and purple monkey attacking an astronaut on stage. It's that good. alone should pique your interest to go watch <laughs> it. And then again, 14 minutes, still no idea what they do. But that's all changed, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so they released a video last week uh, showing. Uh, now the video says, "Here's what. Here's a game that we're playing in the office, and uh, the you can see a, uh, an AR augmented reality interface in terms of checking mail and opening folders in a uh, explorer." What would you compare for those that don't know what
0: augmented reality so, is? What's, so the, what's the best way to, to well, describe it?
1: So you've got two concepts coming going, going being thrown around at the moment. One's virtual reality, so that's the Oculus Rift, full immersion. In a virtual world, uh, with as many senses you know to, to use in terms of the inputs that you're seeing, so you're immersed in a world. Augmented reality is simply providing additional uh, uh, inputs into what you're currently doing, so it's uh, overlaying content into the uh, your, your natural world that you're looking through. So, right. So, in a virtual
0: reality world, you look into some 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 glasses, you might get a 3D image, but you, everything is coming you're from a computer, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you're, so in, you're fully you're immersed. Not, you're Seeing the real world, you're no. just seeing that virtual world. Yeah, and you're sitting in a cockpit, or you're you're yeah. running in a game, or and augmented reality, you're, you're actually looking through some some glasses. Yeah, at, at and when, then that's augmented with digital exactly. Information so the, the video
1: hasn't starting with like looking at his emails that are floating on in, uh, up just above him, and then his file explorer is like a. Uh, uh, like a click deck but it's floating in space so he can uh, interact so he's waving there. his arms around waving to, his arms to, around to and then the magic so happens where he picks up a, uh, a gun which actually has been provided uh, with an association with Wettest uh, Workshops they've got mm-hmm. like, some cool little guns that they've, uh, they've put in there and then all of a sudden that's when the party starts and all of these uh, augmented reality robots come bursting through walls and firing at him and he's firing back and it's, it's an incredibly impressive uh, video uh, but again, the, um, the difficulty that we've had within this uh, VR, AR space is there's been a lot of contention as to what Magic Leap are actually doing. Uh, there's been a lot of very weird, very um, uh, vague marketing PR spin leading up to this. And then even what's actually being shown. Uh, while the description says, here's a game that we're playing, a lot of the concept that they're showing just flies in the face as to what we understand as capabilities within the AR space. Uh, You know, there's a lot of... um Uh, the field of view is huge the uh the uh there's 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 robots that are uh, appearing before and after specific areas uh in the uh, in the video like behind like half walls and and uh, and desks that are being rendered presumably in real time but then that would indicate that the uh that the system is able to map and recognize depth and field of vision and there's, there's a lot of stuff that we uh just simply don't well, we understand the technological limits based on what AR applications we've currently seen. So, whether or not, and it just doesn't seem reality. Is that, it does? What it you're just saying? kind of flies in the face in terms of what what the other mm. providers mm. are being very upfront about in terms of the technical limitations of VR and AR and the difficulties that they have with pro- pro- providing it as a consumer product. You know, and uh, you know we've got some great thought leaders that are doing you're being very very upfront with the what the research that they're doing and the, and the limitations. Uh, you know, you've got John yeah. Carmack. Uh, uh, working with um, uh, with uh, Oculus and uh, you know talking about you know what, what he knows and, and what they're doing and uh, you know Valve entering the market with a great HTC Valve VR system um, and uh, and in the Hololens, you know, That's we the HoloLens sort of, Lens you just yeah. work with Microsoft, don't you? You'd be yeah, yeah. Well, across what Microsoft are well, doing even with the, the HoloLens. Well, even the Hololens itself, you know, they had a great tech demonstration uh, on stage. There's a 40 degree field of view, and it was very clear that they were showing this is what we can do right now. And it looked, you know, the application and the demonstration was great. It showed what the technology can do at the moment. And then this is what's baffling about Magically because this is obviously a, a, an installation piece because it's just so so much more uh than what we understand what we can do at the moment so is there something that warrants the 500 million dollar price tag that google have purchased is this simply saying look we went, we're going to get there in four years time uh or is there just something that we don't know but then again the marketing has been very frustrating from an ar vr um enthusiast because it's it's fluff it's nothing, it's Meanwhile, we've got other people that have been very upfront with where we're at, and there's this piece that's missing, and I'm really worried that you know this this video has gone viral mm, and, and mm, it's got a lot mm. of people interested in AR that wouldn't normally care because of how cool it looks. I'm really and wor- it does I mean, it looks it's, it's really a cool. really good, but I really uh, don't really good video. I'm really worried that it's going to uh, eventuate into a product that's going to be a bit ho hum. You know, not that it is ho hum, but it's based on current realities, and this video is actually going to. Uh, uh, you know be quite problematic with pr- now that the uh the average consumer has seen this because it went viral and it's it's been on buzzfeed and yeah. and now we've developed an expectation and I, I, i'm i really yeah i'm just i'm worried and i'm just going to be very interested to see where it goes again there's a lot of stuff in the video that is frustrating because it's just simply not there yet and uh i really hope it doesn't um Uh, provide an expectation of what the likes of HoloLens can do or or any other AR providers
0: yep yep well we'll um, we'll endeavour to get that video up on uh, the NZ Tech Podcast uh, site as well so people can have a little bit of a a look if you're interested Uh, now jumping into other other products and it's um, it's not quite augmented reality Um, it's it's just reality Tesla and elon musk 's announcement saying that uh they are going to have self driving Tesla cars uh available in the u s uh this summer Wow. it's kind of it's kind of nuts isn 't it? it i is mean nuts. We, we, all this noise about sort of uh, um, you know being five ten years out before we 'll really see this stuff happening yeah and uh you know tesla uh Elon Musk is sort of saying all right well we 're uh, you know, we're, we're actually going to be in that uh, in that in that position, sort of um,
1: mid-year, where they can uh, they can offer that. So, how does that work? So, is that in what capacity is that going to be self-driving in terms of like all access, all areas, or specific? Cons- well, there, I mean, there. Are, I guess there
0: are um, there you know there are varying limitations. What what he's talked about is a software update. So this isn't. Um yeah this isn't a whole lot of you know physical sort of modifications to right. the vehicles that exist uh today. This yeah. is a you know a software update and now there are you know a whole lot of scenarios in terms of legalities of of utilizing any of these and sure. there are varying states in in the u s uh, such as Nevada where you know it's quite uh, it's quite legal uh for self drive vehicles to um uh, to operate on the roads, but you know, those laws have been put in place primarily for uh, for research and development, for testing, yeah. uh, not actually for uh, you know for the for the general public uh, to to be able to do this. So, be the, um, be fascinating. You know, turning on that autopilot capability. May may run afoul of the, the of the law in a yeah, number of situations.
1: I can just imagine uh, the insurance companies just running around trying to figure out liability in those situations. That's that's going to be interesting in terms of how that uh, entire industry can will react if they're going to be proactive or reactive with these uh, advancing technologies. Most insurance companies are obviously incredibly risk adverse, so mm. I'd imagine there will be some furious. Uh, Underwriting amendments being made to uh, what constitutes a driver of a vehicle, mm, uh, but that yeah. should be interesting. I'd imagine there's going to be some very uh, curious uh, uh, accidents that are going to be played out in the media and seeing. How oh, that. For, for for sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's there's quite a bit
0: unknown of it. Uh, yeah, moving into this much more public public realm. Um, the, the spokesperson for. Uh, uh, Tesla made the comment that nothing in their autopilot system is in conflict with with current uh regulations, and they're saying look we 're not getting r- basically getting rid of the driver, um, but it is about re- you know releasing the driver from uh you know tedious tasks so that they can uh, uh, you know focus and 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 so on so you know it's not it 's not quite the you know that long term uh future that we 're looking at we you, you know completely uh, yeah, don't have any involvement, but uh, I think this is this is pretty exciting though. And you know Tesla, are a company that have been sort of pushing the limits, right? Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, great, great to see continued sort of pushing in this space. Obviously, there's some there's some downsides of of automation, and uh, yeah, you can imagine if. You know, Uber making a huge amount of noise about all the jobs they're creating around the world. Yeah. Uh, but you know that in their future is automating and doing away with, you know, the... the Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of jobs that, at the moment, they're sort of cooing about uh, making in the various markets around the world. So, uh, and you know, driverless vehicles are going to uh, going to facilitate that. Yeah,
1: and like as always, Simpsons predicted the future. There was an interesting uh, Simpsons episode a long, long time ago about. Um, Auto drive uh, trucks and how the entire uh, shipping industry was a, a big scam because of <laughs> auto driving vehicles. I think it was The Simpsons.
0: So. Yeah, oh, it sounds very much like a like a Simpsons uh, type type uh, episode. Um, now, one one other thing that I, I think uh, you know is also sort of uh, forward looking and and is quite interesting. Is a product that I, I talked about on uh, on TV3 on Monday morning. It's called the Neptune uh, Suite, and this one's been uh, been put up on uh, on Indiegogo, yeah, a uh, crowd crowdfunding site. Um, it hasn't been up there for long, so it's still got about three weeks uh, left to run, and. Have they hit their target? Yeah, they just set a very... I mean, it was unusual. With Indiegogo, you can set a target and and apply flexible funding, which means whoever lists it actually gets whatever's contributed even if right. even if they don't hit the target oh, right. so the point of the target I'm not really sure what that is yeah. they put a target of 100,000 they're they're up to nearly a million uh, all, oh, wow. all, already oh so they've smashed it um so you know they're smashing you would imagine uh you yeah,
1: know potentially
0: that 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 will that will keep going you know for them
1: i'm always terrified of 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 tech products that completely obliterate their targets because uh, scalability of, 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 of services is a completely different kettle of fish. You know, if, if you've got a target of 100,000 and you hit a million, I mean, now you've got 10 times the amount of product, the, the to, product to, to produce, haven't you? Yeah.
0: Well, there's a few interesting things about this one. So, Neptune Suite, first up, what is it? Well, it's a super smart watch. So, the center of your technology world uh, be, becomes the Neptune uh, wearable, which they call the Neptune Hub. Yeah, and it's a big band that goes on your on your wrist, and this literally has all the computing smarts in it. You've got a quad core uh, processor, uh, you've got uh, mobile connectivity, three uh, G LTE, you've got Wi Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, near field communications. Um, This is very much a full-blown computer that you wear on your wrist. Yeah. And then the package, which uh, is going to retail for $900 US and uh, initially available um, as part of this, the first uh, bunch of them, uh, the first 1,000 of them are available um, for for $600 US. Um, the, The package also comes with a... Uh, a pocket screen which basically looks like a smartphone but, it, yeah, but it's yeah. all
1: being driven from that wear, wearable watch and that's so there's no smarts in so it. you can use it as a smartphone but it's just relaying the information from your hub which mm. happens to be on your wrist yeah. so yeah. it's an interesting concept It's it, you would use it as a phone but it's not a phone your wrist is doing all the smarts
2: mm.
0: Mm. so and then there's a tab screen which gives you a 10 inch uh, tablet and operates on a similar basis. It's really a, pretty much a dumb, you know, uh, touch, touch screen device with all the smarts still linking back to your wrist. Yeah. Uh, you've got, the, they've got a uh, wireless keyboard that can uh, dock into that 10-inch screen and give you a sort of mini laptop. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then you've also got a dongle that you can plug into a, uh, into a PC screen or a TV and that becomes, you know, effectively a full-blown uh, full blown computer yeah. in, in many regards. In terms, you know, obviously you're running off Wi-Fi and, you know, you've got, you've got some constraints, but, you know, some, some benefits there as well. Uh, and, uh, and then there are some uh, uh, interesting headphones that uh, uh, are designed to be worn as a necklace when you're not using a, as headphones. And they are actually, for surprisingly, they look pretty good. They don't, look too, they don't look too bad, and they're also um, a charger for your devices. Yeah. So your you charger's always at, at, at hand. Mm. Um, so it's quite fascinating.
1: If you order now, though, when do you think you get the product? Uh, well, again, scalability is a massive concern for me. I would expect that a project like that would instantly be blown out by at least half a year, so I'm guessing... Well, this They've announced
0: February 2016, so you order Now you're waiting 11 bad. months anyway. It's a long way off. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, if, if they haven't scaled it right... Uh, or if Eleven they, don't, they don't hit their target, then it's it's a long way out.
1: That's an eternity in terms of uh, early development. You know, because this is obviously for, you know an early de- early. And adopter. will they will they run off with all the money? Right, so and we've seen that with other Kickstarters <laughs> that have gone viral, like gone viral and, and blown their targets, and all of a sudden people are waiting. There was the uh, there was a similar watch product name escapes me at the moment, but that was it. The development, yeah. Well, the people the people watch
0: had a big delay, didn't it? That yeah. was, that was that was one of one of one of the the things. And in fact, people ended up being able to get the product through uh, yeah other channels but bef- a, before those that
1: actually funded funded it via Kickstarter. Eleven months cases. is nowadays. That's a product life cycle. Mm. You know, mm. Uh, mm. at that time. We're gonna be talking about the Samsung 7 and the iPhone 6 c or whatever to, I don't know if yeah. it's gonna be called it's it's you know we're gonna yeah. yeah. that's a long time yeah yeah it, it is it's um but it
0: but it it's maybe a taste of the sorts of things that we will see a bit more of in the future personally, yeah. I don't see in the short term the benefit of moving the battery from your pocket and all the smarts from your pocket to putting it on the on
1: the wrist yeah we've already at a moment we've got wearable tech and uh the main point of contention is battery life so the, the, the mock-ups they showed were saying oh well if you add everything up your battery life is great but all of your centralized hub is on your wrist so as soon as that goes you're done Mm, you know, mm. I, I'm really struggling to see how they're going to combat that based on what we know of existing wearable battery mm. life. And uh, if, you're, you know, uh, it's th- if you're using Bluetooth to communicate and you've got 3G or 4G, it's, it's, it's not going to last that long. Mm. They do make some interesting comments around the batteries. And uh, yeah, if you're interested
0: in this, uh, yeah, it is, it is worth a read. It's quite fascinating. Uh, I'm just not across the line yet on the concept. I think you know, maybe it's ahead of its time. Uh, I, yeah I'm I'm I'm
1: reasonably curious about the whole uh, I'm the, the whole, to, the whole it, concept I, the centralized hub I, I get but this we've already been given a solution for that and that's cloud mm. you know we've already got uh, you know you, you use Chrome or Google or OneDrive or you know you've got these uh, cloud solutions that provide those services and, to, and even Spotify we've got entertainment solutions that do that so I'm an advocate for hubs but everything that I have is on the cloud. I would be very concerned about having a centralized hub on my wrist you know, that everything networks to. Mm. So we'll
0: see over time whether this actually does come to play and become yeah become the thing. I you know I think we've got a while longer where uh, where, where smartphones are mostly where the, the the smarts sort of sit. But you know as we've gone from. PCs and laptops and so on, down to a really powerful computer that sits in your pocket. Uh, it's certainly not out of the question that this can this could sit on on your wrist, uh, yeah, just as easily over time. Now, yeah. one of the technologies that they that they uh, they they're utilising to uh, to achieve this is is YGIG. Which is sort of the next step on from the you know the fast Wi-Fi that we've 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 seen the fifth generation Wi-Fi or the the gigabit Wi-Fi that we see in the 802.11 uh, AC uh, technology that's sort of become common in top smartphones and a lot of other devices uh, yeah. today. And wi uh, provides very very fast uh, speeds, um, but I, you know I think um, yeah pr- probably uh so fast speed, sort of low latency and you know, the thing isn't necessarily gonna sort of you know, hog the battery uh too much, but um yeah they're they're saying this is sort of a you know a really key part of making this possible. So we'll watch it, we'll see. Um but it's always good to get a look at look at the future and what it what it may look like and yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pleased that they've actually come out with this. They've put it on on Kickstarter. The company that's, uh, or the team that's doing it, they've. This isn't their first round on Kickstarter, so they've already got a product that's available sort of on Amazon today. Uh, it's a, it is a smartwatch that that incorporates a full Android, uh, like like the Neptune Suite, um, but it is just limited to being being the watch. Hasn't got great uh, great reviews, but obviously they're having another go at it here with the Neptune Suite. So we will uh, we will keep a watch on uh, on that one. Um, well, that I think that just about wraps us up for uh, for this week. Um, a few other little updates. Uh, those with uh, with the Fitbit uh, or that are interested in sort of you know wearable fitness devices. Uh, the Fitbit Surge is about to add a um, uh, a track cycling uh, capability, um, and also Fitbit are moving uh, to support multiple uh, devices on a on a single uh, user account. So, for instance, I you know I've often try the different uh, models that are that are that are coming through to see the variances, um, and that hasn't. You know, hasn't really worked particularly well jumping from one product to another. Uh, so going forward, they're uh, they're 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 addressing that now with uh, with a software update. Uh, and for those of you watching the Microsoft Band, they've also recently added a cycling capability uh, into their uh, their their band, which of course has uh, GPS uh, in it, as does the um, the, the the Fitbit uh, Surge. So that's uh that's interesting to watch as they make that more broadly available they've uh, just recently announced availability outside of the US starting with the UK um so uh yeah quite a, quite a bit going on in that uh, wearables and fitness space right
1: yeah yeah definitely i uh i'm very you know i'm seeing a lot of people now wearing the uh the fitbit a lot of people that i wouldn't have expected to and uh yeah some cool functionality there and uh yeah exciting i mean we've been comparing our little lg watches here as well so
0: Yes, what's what's your take? I've been wearing the uh, the LG G Watch yes, R and the
1: GR, and I've got the G,
0: so. which is is the the the, the geekier, squarer version. Mine's yeah. the the rounder, um, a little bit less geeky,
1: uh, you know, variant, right? I do. It looks nice. Uh, I, I changed my band straight away. Uh, it can, it the, the the square one came with a uh, square plastic one, which uh, a grey plastic one, which wasn't too uh, appealing yep. aesthetically. So luckily, both of them come with the ability to take twenty two millimeter stock uh, straps. So I got a nice little leather one on my one, but the circle the circular one actually looks really nice. It's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be, uh, but yeah. it's not too jarring. It's uh, if you're accustomed to you know wearing a, a G Shock or a big Adidas, uh, it's uh, aesthetically it's uh, it's not too big it's not too small it's actually quite nice got the same challenge that we're going to have with the apple watch is it needs charging really regularly yeah um, I've, i i i um i come i combat that quite uh with my one so on uh, my one i don't have the screen on all the time i do the whole rotate wrist to turn the screen on yeah and admittedly i don't connect it a lot of like all day so i i can generally get two and a half maybe three days if i'm pushing it uh, fortunately uh, they charge up pretty fast uh, and obviously with the the, G, the, the the R you've actually got the docking station which is very cool
0: yeah and that, work, that works reasonably well by the bedside but it's pretty easy to to knock the thing off or to bump it they don't sort of sit, sit yeah, yeah, brilliantly yeah. well uh, Microsoft Band has you know this sort of magnetic connector as does the Apple Watch and yeah, you know, but it is annoying that you have got a whole different sort of charging system for yeah. for your watch. I'm uh, looking forward to just do just my, full wireless yeah. charging. Drop everything in a wireless charging bowl by your bedside. It'll be easier.
1: My predictions for the future is is wireless charging. I don't think we're going to see too much technological advances in battery life, but I think it's going to be made redundant by the ability of, of the network of wireless chargers options. Like my. My idea of a utopia would be you being able to charge while you're on the bus because uh, the bus has got wireless charging mechanisms or anywhere. So if if we develop technology that your battery life only lasts two hours, it becomes redundant because we've got this entire infrastructure of wireless charging, which means batteries now just are... just blasting opposite. power towards us. Yeah, yeah exactly. We stand so we could have like a micro-SIM sized battery that doesn't last too long, but the concept of a battery is such an archaic thing because we're never not charging. So it would free up space within these phones to do cooler better things of all the other hardware so that's my prediction I'll that's po- an interesting I'm I think right battery now. technology's got a little way to go and you, we'll keep improving yeah, but, but you can uh, quote think, me on that in five <laughs> years it'll be a trending topic You, I call it
0: Right, we've got one one last thing to talk about, Ross, and uh, that's the Intel NUC. Now we've seen these before. Uh, these are the, uh, I guess that the, the well, Intel calls them the next unit of computing. I'm not quite so sure on on their their branding. I mean, we've got all sorts of ways of accessing computing devices yeah. now at all sorts of sizes. Um, but you know, we, we're talking a. Uh, you know, a Mac mini sized uh, PC yep. that you, you buy and then you know you can have it in any sort of configuration you want in terms of put in a SSD drive a 2.5 inch hard drive bit of RAM, uh, you can choose whatever CPU you want in terms of an Intel CPU. Yeah
1: and the packaging you know they mentioned 4K on the packaging, it's got headphones connected to it, it's obvious that you know there's a, a market there for the multimedia kind of uh, c- consumption of this, the fact that you can mount it and stick it on the back of your TV I Yeah sense. they come
0: with that sort of mount plates you yeah. can drop them straight on the back of a, a monitor or, or a TV they've got that standard connection and yeah. um, but uh, you know, this is a uh, we, you know that's that continued sort of move from Intel into adding more value around their products. Yeah. So you know, once upon a time they just made the, the the chips, the CPU that's in a computer, mm. and now they're virtually making a whole computer. You got to add a few other bits in there to and, and to, to complete it, right? But, but you
1: did that in ten minutes.
0: Yeah, it didn't it, it didn't take quick. long at all? Drop drop a bit of RAM and so on. Install the you know just a base operating system, not you know not configured or customized, uh, but very very quick to yeah. uh, you know. To 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 put the bits and pieces in there, unscrew it, drop those bits in there. Um, where do you think this is sort of going to have some use? I mean, this this. Coming from Intel, it means it's got their latest chip in it. This is the, the fifth generation Core i5. Uh, you know, these these are really new chips, and immediately you can already get this uh, you know this portable or, or very small uh, computer.
1: Yeah, and I, like I said, the the, the, pa- the packaging is obviously catering towards the multimedia use and consumption of, of of multimedia, and it's 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 great that they're in here now. I know Valve have got some are um, uh, doing some work in this realm in terms of mini. Uh, Linux-based um, uh, hardware options for streaming, uh, streaming of content from uh, computer to video uh, to, to, to TV. So.
0: And these can easily r- just as easily run Linux as they could Windows. Oh, of course, or. you can yeah. install whatever yeah.
1: you want on there. Yeah. And like you know, what we saw earlier, it's incredibly easy to open, stick in some RAM and hard drive, and away you go. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's great. I, I think, um, like you said, stick it on the back end of the TV. It's completely invisible. And uh, within 10, 15 minutes, you've got a really great little unit for, for your media consumption. Is this going to, uh, you know, hurt Intel's relationships with the Dell's and the HPs of
0: this world? You know, uh, I mean, they don't seem to really be sort of pushing it at them. That they're not selling it as a complete unit, but, no, it, but it's, it's capable. Uh, it's you know almost price competitive with those sorts of uh, those you know sorts of of
1: products. Yeah, I mean, uh, and they could easily drop their prices if they wanted to. They could do, and it is certainly, it's capable of that. You know, it, it, you. Well, as we saw, the the footprint of these alone, you can fit 16, 20 of these in a a single box. Uh, It It
0: was interesting, uh, wasn't it? Because we've got a whole stack of uh, new PCs that are are stacked up uh, uh, in one of the other offices here. And I don't know there was a pile of maybe ten or fifteen, uh, you know, com- computer boxes. Yeah, and in theory,
1: you can use that in that application. You know, it's, there's nothing to stop you. Whether or not a lot of office, yeah, a lot yeah. of office users would focus would maybe be catered to. Yeah, maybe uh, by these smaller computers. Yeah, exactly. It's certainly sleek and it's aesthetic, and I can definitely see the appeal. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of you know creating this this new network, and it just all depends on if that's you know. Uh, what they market this as, mm. uh, you know, that the initial packagings, 4K media, what have you, but certainly, um, it certainly could be used in that capacity. I don't see why it couldn't.
0: Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's good to see it's um, you know con- continuing uh, you know put, push things along there and you know and in, Intel with their new chips and. Yeah, making the uh, you know the new chips available you know so easily. I think the, these boxes uh, start at six hundred dollars. You got to add yeah. your RAM and uh, yeah, disk to it and so on. But it's a pretty uh, competitive sort of you know price point. Yeah, and yeah, it does put a little bit of pressure on the on the on the other players from a performance perspective. Yeah, that, uh, I said earlier yeah, they've got to they've got to deliver something pretty good for the money. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it's a great option. Hmm alright well, that's us for this week, uh, Ross. Thank you very much for uh, for joining the podcast. Now, uh, you spend a lot of your time in the social media world. It's part do. of part of your work. Yes. Uh, tell us where we would track you down uh, online
1: or, or in the in the social realm. Sure. Best place to get me is on my website. Oh, I say my website. It goes to my Twitter. Ross McD. Ross Dot com. Uh, and then yeah, follow me on Twitter. Say hi and uh, yeah, get in touch. Excellent, excellent. That's
0: good. And uh, those who want to uh, keep in touch with the New Zealand Tech Podcast, we're at nztechpodcast.com uh, and uh, across uh, Twitter especially uh, at NZ Tech Podcast. So, uh, so hit us up there. And you can track me, Paul Spain, at, uh, at Paul Spain on Twitter. Hey, thanks everyone for listening. We will catch you again next week. Uh, we've got some fun stuff uh, lined up for you uh, next week and the week after. So uh, we'll look forward to catching you again then. All right, see ya. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, Proactive and Strategic IT.